Are you ready to elevate your doula business to the next level? I want to introduce you to the ultimate guide to crafting your kick-ass doula packages. Whether you're a seasoned doula looking to refresh your offerings or just starting out in the field, this free guide is your roadmap to success. In this guide, you'll find strategies to tailor your services for your clients, ways to make the prices sustainable for you and something that you feel really great about, and different creative ways to make your doula packages unique to you and not just the same as everybody else's in the industry. This is a free guide and you can download it right now. Head over to hurrahdoulaservices.com slash doula packages to get your copy today. Welcome back to Kaylee Daily. Today's question is, how will I know if I want or need pain medication in labor? This is Kaylee Daily, the bi-weekly podcast about all things doula tips and tips, where we answer one question about pregnancy, labor, postpartum, or lactation in order to have your journey in this parenting world be just a little bit more informed and filled with consent. Hello and welcome back. I am Kaylee Harad, the host and educator of this beautiful podcast. Um, Today's question is a big one. So how will I know if I want or need pain medication in labor? Now, I think I might, I mean, I know I said last episode, I'm going to do a whole series on comfort measures. I should also do an entire series on managing the decision of pain management. Um, and I know that sounds kind of silly, but honestly, I think it's a big decision. So um, for the sake of this, uh, this episode, I'm giving kind of an overview that I want, I want you to think of as like a, you know, 10,000 feet sort of overview. So when you're preparing for labor and you're just trying to decide on a basic level, do I want my game plan to include pain medication specifically? Obviously, coping tools, pain management techniques, that should be a part of every single labor process because um, you need, like, support and encouragement and counter pressure and, you know, positional changes and that kind of stuff. So for the sake of this conversation today, that's not what we're talking about. This episode is really diving into deciding if an epidural or pain medication is something you want as part of your plan And then, like, how to decide that. And then also what to do if you feel like it needs to be part of your plan when it wasn't previously. Okay? So um, those are sort of the two, like, nuanced questions that we're talking about. So for the first one, deciding if an epidural should be part of your plan at all or if any pain medication should be part of your plan. I think the very first step is to assess your own risk level. Now, as you hear me say every single episode, I am, of course, not your your medical provider. This is entertainment and education, um, and so I'm not giving you medical advice, okay? What I'm saying is that everyone has a different pain um, or everyone has a different risk level in terms of epidural pain medication and also um, like IV pain medication, et cetera. So the first most basic thing is to figure out, are you a person who is a good candidate for these types of pain medications, okay, like on a on a safety level, um, I recommend just looking up the like side effects and uh, contraindications, like that kind of stuff. Um, I may be able to link in the show notes 
um, like a basic overview of that. Um, but you can also talk that over with your provider, your OB or your midwife. Um, now, so that's, that's like a very basic level. If you're trying to decide, you know, meh, I don't know. The second thing is, um, obviously pain medication in terms of like epidural or even like the IV medications, um, are available to you only in a hospital setting. So if you're giving birth out of hospital, then the thought behind that is you've already decided that you don't want those as part of your plan, right? Um, at least the original plan, like at least plan A is not epidural if you're giving birth at home, right? Um, so, so that first, like, what is your risk factor? I mean that specifically towards people who are planning a hospital birth and who are trying to decide if an epidural is like a wise use of a tool on in their birth prior to being in labor, okay? Um, so, so look at your risk factors. Learn some about how they can be used judiciously. <laughs> and what I mean when I say that is, how do you use a tool that includes like pain medication or numbing medication in a way that doesn't hinder the labor process or prolong the labor process, okay? Now, for the sake of today's art, um, article, this is not an article, it's a podcast episode. For the sake of today's episode, I am not going to go into all of the nuances of what I mean when I say that. I think that a really good childbirth class should go into those nuances. So, of course, my class does do that, the birth prep blueprint, um, which has a link in the show notes. Um, I do go into, like, how do you use an epidural well? If you're planning to use one, when is a good time to get it? How do you help it not slow things down? Knowing, of course, that you do not fully control that, right? We don't fully control anything, truly. But um, especially when we're talking about medications that carry risks and side effects, et cetera, okay? Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing, then, is thinking through if there is a scenario where you would want pain medication that you were not planning to have. Now, this, I think, is a big one because I find oftentimes that my clients are, and, and my childbirth students and, you know, people I talk to are kind of in two camps. Either they're like, absolutely, well, okay, there are three camps. <laughs> one is, absolutely, I plan to use an epidural 100%. There's no way I want to not have one, right? That's camp number one. Camp number two is, I absolutely do not plan to use any kind of um, pain medication at all. In fact, I'm not giving birth in a hospital. I'm going to be at home or at a birth center, etc. right? Camp number three, which admittedly is the largest camp of my clients specifically, but also just I think a lot of people who are preparing for birth, is I'm giving birth in a hospital. My hope is to try unmedicated and see how it goes, and I'm open to using pain medication if I need it, okay? Now, I will say camp number one oftentimes get epidurals. Of course, that's their plan, right? Camp number two is the the smallest percentage of epidural users because if they're planning to be outside of a hospital, they don't have access to that. So they're really then only choosing an epidural when they're they're having a long labor or some complication is coming up where they need to transfer to the hospital, which is inherently a change of their birth plan. So it's coming alongside 
um, some kind of change to what they were planning and preparing for. Um, then camp number three, um, I think is the trickiest to navigate because um, sometimes we kind of come to birth as like a challenge to ourselves where it's almost like I want to see if I can do it. Or um, I think it's better. I think it would be like, like I'd be really awesome if I could give birth unmedicated, but if I have to, I guess I'll get medication. Okay. Um, what I want you to take some time to think about. So again, today I'm not going into every risk and benefit of an epidural or, or Nubane or other pain medications. I, that's not what this episode is for. This is more so for you to start thinking through your decision making in light of your options, right? And kind of where you are in these camps and, and what would be helpful for you to process through. Um, so camp number three or group number three, I think is the group that has to do the most work of like unpacking what do they think about themselves if they were medicated versus unmedicated. Do they hold some kind of um, hierarchy in terms of like powerfulness or um, like being a badass giving birth like that, that sort of like um, feeling of superiority, right? If, if someone's able to, sometimes I'll hear people say things like, I don't know how other people could do it because I couldn't, right? Or like, like, oh, man, people who give birth without an epidural are super strong, but not me, right? All of that, I think, is bullshit. <laughs> I think that's a terrible way to look at it, okay? In part because um, most people in in certain scenarios of life would utilize pain medication if they felt like it it was necessary for them, right? And so labor is no different than that. Of course, there are risks involved. And I... I'm a huge proponent of unmedicated birth. So I'm not, I'm not at all saying like every person should have medication. That is not the point of this, right? The point of this is to take the moral value away from medication or non-medicated. Okay. Because there is not a hierarchy. Now, is it riskier to add something to the labor process? Well, of course, right? Like you having nothing in your body versus you having something in your body there's a difference in terms of side effects and risks, naturally, but that doesn't make one inherently bad and one inherently good, okay? So I want you to first kind of figure out which of those three groups you're in. Secondly, figure out if you have any, like, emotional unpacking to do around any kind of pain medication or, or how you feel about yourself if you needed it. And the third thing that I think is very helpful for everyone who's coming up to a labor to think through is how would you manage your plan not working out how you were hoping it to work out? Now, this is for all three of those groups, okay? So group number one, you need to think through and process what kind of other tools do I have for a scenario where I cannot, in fact, get an epidural? I think that is in some ways a harder thing than not wanting an epidural than changing your mind, right? Wanting one and not being able to have it for some reason, whether it's speed of birth um, or um, some kind of other like medical complication that, that makes it, or if you get an epidural that's not super effective, which is again, maybe an episode <laughs> for another day. Um, 
But what would that look like? What other tools do you have in your toolbox beyond just medication? Okay. The second camp, of course, you're outside of a hospital. So barring any unforeseen circumstances or change in um, safety, etc., you don't even have the option of doing that unless you choose to change locations. So I think thinking through um, what sort of scenarios would make you think that a change in location would be warranted. Do you hold any hierarchy about yourself, your inherent value, the worth of your ability to birth, etc., if that were needed, okay? Scenarios like you've been in labor for a really, really long time and you need rest, or scenarios like you've been in labor for a long time and there's not adequate progress and there's maybe a need for Pitocin or some kind of augmentation, um, which just means like, you know, a kick in the butt for the for labor. You're progressing it in a more aggressive way with something like that. Um, and then if you're in the third camp of like, I don't know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'm giving birth in a hospital where I have access to that. Think through um, what puts you in that camp, first of all. Like what is your mindset in that camp? And then what would be some scenarios that you – would want or not want to use medication and how would you feel about yourself if you decided to use medication in birth okay um my final and maybe soapboxy thought is lots of labors have twists and turns that we do not anticipate ahead of time that are in fact impossible to anticipate ahead of time you are not a less worthy, less amazing, less wonderful, awesome birthing person because you utilize tools that you did not plan to utilize, okay? You are not better or worse for those tools, okay? I want you to really hear me when I say that. Um, you are an amazing person, an amazing human, an amazing birther, <laughs> um, that's a word, right? Um, whether or not you plan to use medication, whether or not you actually have the plan that you planned, go forth, right? Whatever twists and turns come up are not in any possible way a reflection of your value as a birthing person. Do you hear me? All right. So that is my, um, <laughs> my affirmation for you for today's episode. Um, I am going to have other episodes around this topic because there are lots of questions associated with it. Um, please do head over to my Instagram and send me a message of what questions specifically around pain medication you would like to have answered because there are so many. Um, and I'm not turning my podcast into an entire childbirth class. And so that's my temptation, right? As a teacher, I'm like, let me give you all the details because that is what I do. Um, but I do want to answer the specific questions that you have, especially when you're thinking about um, kind of thinking through some of the nuances of this for yourself. Okay. So I will see you in the next episode. In the meantime, please have beautiful, well-informed, affirming birth where you believe in your inherent value, no matter how that birth plays out. All right, talk to you soon.
edited and produced by Kaylee Harrod, as I'm sure you can probably tell. And um, our amazing music is credited in the show notes as well. So we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. And in the meantime, have wonderful and consent-filled births.